Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We lived in this uninsulated house on 40 acres in Baskin. And um, instead of like building onto the house, like most normal folks would do, my family got a dang portable building and cut out the side of it and attached it <laughs> to the house. So me and my sister, we lived in the portable building. So I've always been living in a trailer. Like, that ain't nothing new. Hey, y'all, this is John Party. I'm Maren Morris. And I'm Luke Combs. Happy CMA Awards Week, y'all. I'm Lainey Wilson. My episode of Country Heat Weekly starts now. Just six days to go. Welcome to our CMA Awards pre-party. I'm Kelly Sutton. I'm Amber Anderson, and we are counting down the days until the 56th annual CMA Awards. And what better way to do that than to welcome the most nominated artist for this year's awards to our center stage spotlight. Lainey Wilson is here. We have spent a lot of time with Lainey lately. We hosted a live Q&A with her for the Amazon Music Channel on Twitch last week. Yeah, we did. And then she and her band took over the living room of the Amazon Music Country Heat House and performed a bunch of songs off her new album, Bell Bottom Country. We both love Lainey as a human being, and we love this new album. We'll talk to her about that, about all those CMA nominations, about her performing with Hardy on the show. It's all coming up. We're basically your pregame show for the CMAs. Always coming in with that sports reference, Amber. Always. Always. <laughs> Okay, talking about Twitch, you hosted a series of live streams for Country Music Month featuring Amazon Music Artists to Watch. And last week, you had Raina Roberts and Willie Jones. I was watching. It was a wild ride. As always with those two. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, we don't know what we're going to get, but we know it's going to be a lot of fun. Willie says he's working on new music. Raina's got her new song, Pretty Little Devils, with an insane music video Mm -hmm. that she was talking all about. They're just so much fun. And I was thinking the entire time talking to them what an honor it is to have them both as Amazon Music Artists to watch because they really are just so talented in style icons in their own right. Yes! (laughs) It was so fun to hang out with them. And the fact that they're friends... I mean, off camera, they're friends and hang out. And you can totally tell. If you all don't have the Twitch app, you need to download it now. Follow Amazon Music Channel because all of Amber's conversations from this month are archived there, including chats with Priscilla Block and Connor Smith, Drew Green, and Frank Ray. Now, Kelly, 
I know you were at Loretta Lynn's Celebration of Life at the Opry House Sunday night. Yeah. Need to hear about this. You know, it was incredible. Um, for anybody who watched it on CMT, you know it was absolutely beautiful. The lighting, the flowers, these beautiful pictures of Miss Loretta. They had all of her gowns lined up as we were walking in so that you could see them. A couple of neat touches that you didn't get to see on TV. There was a beautiful little booklet that had some photos of Loretta that they gave to us. And on the back was a photo of the handwritten lyrics for what must have been like a very early draft of Coal Miner's Daughter. And some of the lyrics were completely different. Really? What was different? Well, there was a line about a pool of cold spring water that didn't make it into the final version of the song. And the line, she'd smile in mommy's understanding way, was originally, and from the garden, she'd can our food for a rainy day. I know. Different, right? Yeah. I'll post a picture of it on my Instagram. It was very interesting. But just talking more about what this was, it was truly a celebration of her life. So you left feeling joyful. And there were tons of things that just made it a happy remembrance of her and not necessarily sad that she's gone. And one other thing, when we were walking in, there was a candlelit place for us to lay flowers for Miss Loretta at the entrance of the Opry House. Oh, It seemed to be a really special evening with so many people either performing or sending video messages. Did you have a favorite performance of the night? Um, There were so many people that were on stage that were just incredible, and they were singing from the heart. Jack White was there. He did a performance of Van Leer Rose that was stellar. You could tell he and Miss Loretta were very close, and he was feeling all of the emotions of that song. Winona opened the show with How Great Thou Art. She had the Gaithers with her. I will say one of the things that stuck out to me was Emmy Russell and Lucas Nelson doing Lay Me Down. Lucas, of course, is Willie Nelson's son, and Emmy is the granddaughter of Loretta Lynn. So that was a duet between Willie and Loretta to see his son and her granddaughter do it together on the stage was very special. And of course, I loved Keith Urban doing You're Looking at Country on his banjo. Correction, it's a ganjo, (laughs) six-string banjo. He picked the song, and he told us it was tricky. I used to play a lot of Loretta's songs growing up in my country music club circles in Australia, but it was normally backing some girl singing the song. So I've played so many of her songs, but I've never sung any, because so many of her songs are really written for a girl. Blue Kentucky Girl and like all that Cold Miner's Daughter, all these famous songs, The Pill, they're all from a girl's perspective. So not a lot of songs for a guy to sing, but I just sort of embraced it and went at it. It was a really special night. Lots of artists in the audience as well as on stage. Ricky Skaggs was there. Jamie O'Neill was there. Jenna Bush Hager hosted. But Hoda Kotb from the Today Show was there and did an excellent introduction. I really think the takeaway from everyone was just how much Loretta loved people. And she lifted up other artists, especially female singers. Well, it sounds like a perfect send-off. I'm so glad you were there. Darius Rucker performed at the service, and I know you spent time with him this week, too. I did. We'll talk more about that in our new segment, where we find out what's cooking in country music. We've got a bunch of CMA Awards-related news to chat about, so we're going to save that for a special feature at the end of the podcast, previewing Wednesday night's award show. So make sure you listen all the way to the end. Now, separate from the show, but also related, Keith Urban will be performing on Good Morning America Wednesday morning. That's something ABC does every year to promote the show. He performs live from the plaza in front of Bridgestone Arena, where the show takes place. This means an early morning for Keith. 
Speaking of people who are not getting any sleep, Scotty McCreary and his wife, Gabby, had their baby boy last week. We knew this last week when we recorded the podcast, but we weren't allowed to tell you guys about it. (laughs) Yeah, we were supposed to interview Scotty last Monday, but Sunday night we got a cancellation due to a family emergency. Sure enough, Merrick Avery McCreary came into the world in the early morning hours last Monday. I think they're calling him Avery because I saw that on Uh one of the posts. He was 11 days early, but still almost eight pounds. Mom and baby are home from the hospital now. They are doing well. We are loving the pictures that Scotty is posting on social media. I also asked him, how slowly did you drive home from the hospital? And he responded, I never got above 35 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not, as he shouldn't. Can we just give Scotty and Gabby a shout out for just posting the pictures on their Instagram like us commoners do? Yeah. Instead of selling the first pics to a magazine outlet. Good job, mom and dad. Thanks for sharing your little guy with us. And we've got even more baby news. Right before this episode published, we got word that Gabby Barrett had given birth to her second child. This time, it's a boy. They named him Augustine Boone. He arrived October 27th, and we hear big sister Bela is thrilled. Okay, so tell us about this Darius Wrecker party. Mm. I was out of town, but I kept seeing pictures of Darius and plaques popping up all over social media. Yeah, it was a triple celebration. So during the pandemic, his song, Beers and Sunshine, went to number one. There was never really a number one party for that song, which was his 10th country number one. So, of course, they had to give him a plaque for that. We do love a good plaque in country music. Oh, you know it. The biggest one handed out, though, was in celebration of his song, Wagon Wheel, earning diamond certification. That's 10 million sales or equivalent streams. Before the party, Darius talked about the impact that song made on country music. Wagon wheels become part of you know part of the lexicon now, uh, you know. And when I play it, people lose their minds. Like you saw it at the other night at the Opry, you know, we we got to that song, everybody stood up and started dancing. You know how many times that happened in the Opry, you know. And it, it was it's just that song. It's one of those songs. You know, I'm just so lucky that I recorded it. it. It's just one of those songs that you know it seems to be standing the test of time, and that's cool. Friend of the pod, Russell Dickerson, drops his third album on Friday, and it's self-titled. He will be here to tell us all about it on next week's episode. But you know we love to give you a sneak peek. The first one was like, I don't know, let's call this one yours. The second one, my favorite song on that album was Southern Symphony. So I called it that. And this one is just like, I don't know what else to call this, but Russell freaking Dickerson. Another friend of the pod got married this week. Brooke Eden and her now wife, Hillary Hoover, did exactly what she told us they were going to do. They were going to have a week-long party in Mexico to celebrate their union. We're not doing a bachelorette party. We're not doing a honeymoon right away. We're literally going like, this is our bachelorette party and our wedding and our honeymoon. A lot of people are coming for like a whole week. One big, long party. Now, this technically is their second wedding. We've been sitting on the scoop since last summer that the two were legally getting married in August at the chapel on Garth Brooks's property. Oh, the things we learn while chatting with artists in the Dolly Room here at the Country Heat House. <laughs> we could do a whole podcast on that. No, we couldn't because that would bring those chats to an end fast. Yeah. We're excellent secret keepers. But anyway, Hillary worked for Garth and the women are very close to Garth and Trisha. Not only did they offer up their land for the venue, Garth sang to make you feel my love as the women walked down the aisle and Trisha married them. I mean, no one can outbrag those two on wedding details ever, right? (laughs) Congratulations, ladies. 
And before we go, set yourself a reminder to take a nap next Thursday so that you can stay up late. After Thursday Night Football on Prime Video, Kane Brown is doing an exclusive performance for Amazon Music Live. And if you can't stay up that late, it will be available to stream on demand for a limited time to Amazon Prime members. Now, normally, this is the portion of the show we like to call the Heat Index, which is where we dig into the hottest songs on the Country Heat playlist. But we have so much CMA Awards content this week, we don't have a lot of time to spend here. We do want to point out a few new entries on the playlist, like the song that Keith Urban just dropped, Street Called Maine. That's from the same project that Brown Eyes Baby will be on. We assume that's going to be the speed of now part two, but he might pull a Thomas Rhett and not put out the second half in sequence. We'll get the scoop when he's on the podcast later this month. Plus, there's an Ingrid Andrus tune on the playlist called Feel Like This that's from her album, Good Person. But I think love's supposed to feel like this. Luke Combs, Going, Going, Gone, and John Party's Your Heart or Mine are also in the mix. Not that you have to be a former podcast guest to be on the playlist, but we do get all the big names, don't we? We really do. (laughs) And Lainey Wilson is now the cover star of the playlist this week. We'll talk to her about both songs she has on the playlist in just a few minutes. Keep up with the hottest country music by following the Country Heat playlist exclusively on Amazon Music. We're about to go to break, but first, we have to play Who Said That? The way this works is we're going to read you this quote from one of the CMA nominees. Ooh, a hint. Yep. Everyone listening at home tries to guess who said that. And then when we get back from the break, we'll play the audio and see if you were right. This week's quote is, I think it's bad luck to prepare, so I don't. I prefer to wing it. Hmm. Talking about acceptance speeches, maybe? Keep listening, and we'll tell you right here on Country Heat Weekly. Hey, everybody, this is Blake Shelton. We're Midland. This is Keith Urban. And I'm Kelsey Ballerini. Kelly and Amber will be right back with more Country Heat Weekly. When it comes to picking the perfect treats for your dog, Stuart makes the choice easy by keeping it real. Real ingredients, real nutrients, real benefits. Stuart dog treats are free from additives, corn, soy, wheat, and grains. Plus, they're freeze-dried to lock in all the great nutrition and natural flavor your furry friend deserves. Stuart freeze-dried dog treats. Big, tail-wagging nutritional benefits. Available on Amazon.com today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Okay, it's time to tell you who said that. I think it's bad luck to prepare And so I don't. I prefer to wing it. And I do know that my publicist prefers that I at least think it through. Ashley McBride! (laughs) Well, with five nominations for Wednesday's awards, she's got a lot to think about.
she's the reigning ACM New Artist of the Year, the most nominated artist at the upcoming CMA Awards, where she is a first-time nominee, singer, songwriter, actress, Lainey Wilson is in the house! What Hi, an Lainey. intro. I mean, uh, my two hype girls. Yes. <laughs> we are your I'm hype here squad. feeling good. I love this. <laughs> Come on. Okay, you got on the bell bottoms. I wanted to do a check, a fit check. Every day, these are my Wranglers. I love it. I've worn Wranglers my whole life. Have Me and you? my sister, we used to rodeo, and we were like PRCA rodeo flag girls, and yeah, daddy and mama would just put us in Wranglers. I didn't know that. Yeah. So you would ride with the flags? Yes, girl. I'd ride in with a flag, and I'd sing the national anthem and mess it up every time. What? And you never live that one down. <laughs> it was way back in the day, and there was, a, there was a text message going around the arena that said, did you hear Lainey Wilson mess up the national anthem? Send to 10 people. Yeah, I swear, y'all. Well, joke's on them. That joke's on y'all. That's right. Come on. <laughs> That's right. I mean, can you even describe what this past year has been like for you? It's been a ride. A ride. Somebody was telling me several years back, they said, it's going to feel like you're like in behind a ski boat. And you're like you're kind of picking up a little bit of speed, and all of a sudden you stand up. And when you stand up, you better be ready to hold on. And that's the way that I feel right now. I'm like kind of going over awake, but I'm holding on. And this is this is everything that we've worked for, 11 years worth. Growing up in Baskin, Louisiana, did you have dreams this big? I just wanted to sing country music. I just wanted to, like, put on a show. I wanted to write music, and that would have been the dream. But there is so much more, like, blessing after blessing this year. It's crazy. We know you moved here in a camper trailer. Yeah. But you moved to a tour bus. And it has changed my life. It's amazing. I mean, we rode around, we traveled, playing shows in a flatbed truck and a Sprinter van for 10 years. And yeah, this past summer we got on a bus. I get my own little, like, I get my own little bunk. Yes. And it's just, it's like a real special thing, first of all, because my band, they work their fingers to the bone. I mean, they are like the most hardworking people I know and they deserve it. But also just kind of having this little area that we can call home. Yeah. Because we've played 145 shows this year. And it's a lot, That's but a it's, lot. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you decorate it? Right now, we've got some little, you know, lights strung up and stuff like that. Uh, if you hit a bump, though, they fall down. <laughs> <laughs> you just hang them back up. Hang them right back up. That's right. It's fine. It's That's fine. right. So what's it like now going out and being recognized? Because that's the other part that people don't really prepare you for. Like, you just wanted to come to town and sing country music and write country music. And now you are a star on a level where you go places, people are taking pictures of you, probably asking for autographs. So what has that been like? It's taken some adjusting. I will say the first time I got recognized, this is terrible. I was in Monroe, Louisiana, and that's like the biggest city to my town. And I was like, ain't nobody going to reckon. I'm going to run in here. My hair was up on top of my head. When I tell you I looked terrible, looked like I ain't showered in days. Mm-hmm. I've probably been doing some stuff out there on the farm. And I walk into the mall because I wanted to go to the Great American Cookie Place to get me a cookie. <laughs> That's all I wanted. <laughs> and, y'all, I was in line, and I heard one girl in front of me tell the other girl. She was like, I think that's Lainey Wilson. And the other girl turned around and looked at me. She said, no, it can't be. <laughs> I ain't never doing that again. Well, if you're listening, my lesson. that was Lainey Wilson. <laughs> and and I just wanted a, a cookie, cookie place. <laughs> so what's the strangest place that you've been recognized? Oh, my gosh. It's kind of happening here and there in random places. I mean, like gas stations or 
I mean, even people are asking to take pictures of my mama and daddy. It's yeah. strange. My mama and there was a little kid at a funeral <laughs> and said, can I take a picture with you? And my parents didn't know what to do. I mean, they did it, but they were like, we hope the casket ain't in the background. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, oh God, so you just got to be on your toes. Oh, my gosh. Oh my you never gosh. know. That would be the strangest face. I would think. That wins. I mean, Wait, that's the end of that contest. There are no more entrants. That wins. So how are you juggling all of this? I mean, you've got albums, you've got awards shows, you've got all these things happening, and then you're launching this acting career with Yellowstone. How are you keeping all of these plates spinning? Ooh, it's a lot. Yeah, it is. I'm just trying to keep my head down. I mean, there was a moment when I was just begging for an opportunity. And it seems like all the opportunities kind of came at once. Um, but we're doing it. I mean, we are. We're, I'm so proud of this record. Um, and Yellowstone is just another opportunity for me to be able to share more of my music with the world. I mean, this is a gift from God. You could not have planned this kind of stuff. Um, I didn't try out for the show. I mean, Taylor Sheridan called me and said, I want to create a character specifically for you. And it's just... This is the way it was supposed to happen, and um, and I knew that it was going to take me a long time, but I'm glad it happened this way. What was that like, getting that call? I want to know just about, like, I mean, Taylor yeah. Sheridan calls you and asks you to be on one yeah. of the biggest television shows it's, out right now. And you had, you, so your music was already featured, right? Yeah, so That's they how it kind of found you. Okay. Yeah, they had put three of my songs in the show, and I had got to hang out with him a, a few different times and kind of got to know him, and we just pretty much kind of text back and forth and— be like, here's a new song, check it out. And he texted me back in February and was like, I've got an idea. Um, he said, I'm going to call you here in a few minutes. I mean, I didn't know what that meant. He was just going to have me in the background, you know, strumming on a guitar. I was fine with whatever. Yeah. But I knew it was going to be an opportunity. I mean, people, the amount of people who have even found out about my music through the show is crazy. That the music in that show is as important as it is. It's It's just, it's crazy. So when he called me, he was like, I've got this idea. I just... I think I want you to just sing your songs. I want you to wear what you wear, and I want you to go by a musician named Abby, and um, we're gonna we're gonna put you on. And I was like, "You sure you want to do that?" <laughs> I mean, I have been acting a fool my whole life, but he said, "Trust me, you can do it." And I said, "I believe I can do it too, but I'm I won't I don't want to do it just to get the job done. Like I want to give it my best shot." And so I mean, I got to be there with the best of the best actors and actresses in the entire world. And I got to sit there and watch and learn from them, and it was just such a cool experience. What can you tell us about Abby without giving anything away? Yeah, Give I us mean, some background. So there's parts of the character that I really kind of had to make up on my own because um, I don't, I didn't have like this character description. I okay. literally said, "He said your name is Abby. Learn your lines, like that kind of thing." And so in my brain, I've kind of made it up to think that you know this girl is kind of passing through town. And maybe she's found, like, a niche of people who are really starting to kind of love her music. I can't tell you all the other details of what's going to happen, but they don't take me to the train station. So I'm going okay, to I'm, I'm gonna be in the whole season. <laughs> yes. Good. I love it. I cannot uh, wait. Me either. So I exciting. can't wait. Okay, well, let's talk about the album, Bellbottom Country, which is absolutely perfect. I know you mentioned that you've always had Wranglers on, even since you were a little kid. But when did it become, like, the Bellbottom, and when did it become your signature look? So... My mama got me my first pair of bell bottoms. They were blue leopard print. I was just a little girl, and I loved them. I'm talking about, she was like, at some point in time, you got to take them off. We got to wash them. Like, 
I was just obsessed with them. So years go by. Of course, you know, you go through those Daisy Duke stages and mm-hmm. everything, <laughs> skinny jeans. And about 2015, I believe, I was really trying to figure out, like, what can I do that's, like, true to me, but just a little different to make me stand out. Mm-hmm. And I thought of those bell bottoms, and I was like, that's it. That's, you know, I love things that are throwback. I think they come with a good story. So bell bottoms, and here we are, however many years later. I've been wearing them every day. I even got bell bottom sweatpants. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> if you're running to the cookie place, do you have a comfy pair of bell I bottoms do. that you go to? Yes. I love that. What kind of pressure came with putting together this sophomore album, especially with all that you have going For on? Sure. What was that yeah. process like? So I feel like, especially after the first record, saying what I'm thinking, I feel like I've really grown a whole lot, not just as a person, but also as an artist and a songwriter. And during the pandemic, I mean, I got to write 300 plus songs and I really got to dig a little deeper and kind of pull those layers back. And I'm just learning how to be unapologetically myself. And I want people to listen to this record and feel the same way. That's to me what Bell Bottom Country is all about. It's about, it means country with a flair. Mm-hmm. It's about leaning into whatever it is that makes you you and different. It could be your story, where you're from, how you were raised, and just being that. How do you pick from 300 songs? Right? Girl, I didn't say all of them were good. <laughs> uh-uh. I mean, like, I, while I'm writing some of them, I'm like, this ain't never going to see the light today, but we're going to finish it. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, even the ones that I know are not going to ever get recorded, I feel like they're just serving a purpose, at least to get me to that next song. So everything that's on this is something that you've been a part of, everything you've written, right? Mm-hmm. Every one of these songs, except for one, yeah. which was the cover of What's Up. As soon as uh. I heard it, I told Amber, I was like, oh, I love this song so much. I have so many amazing memories of yeah, this. Me I too. know you perform it live. Yeah. Why is this song special enough that you wanted to put it on the album? I've been playing this song for years. Like, I even played it, like, in the Arklamas area, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and when I was playing with a band, and... It just seemed like that song that everybody's hands would go up when those hey hey's would come in. And it just seemed like it was just a good time. And everybody kind of felt, I don't know, like they were all in the moment together. And so I love playing it at my shows. I've been playing it with my band now for, I mean, four plus years. Your vocal on that song, it's perfect. Yeah. Thank you. And I said, It's just the perfect cover. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I needed. Thank you. Right. Now we have it. It's I know. All ours. I'm hoping for like the younger generation who has never heard this song. I hope they're reminded of like how cool music was then too. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Oh, that song's so good. Let's talk about the lead single, Heart Like a Truck. What does that song mean to you now that it's out in the world and yeah. you're seeing what it's doing? It's a song about finding freedom and strength. It's a song about, like, not being ashamed or scared to admit that you have scratches and dents and, you know, the bumps along the way. Like, at the end of the day, that's what makes you you. That's what gives you a story to tell. So um, it's a little bit about where I've been, but more importantly, about where I'm going. And it just seems like one of those, like, anthemic songs. I don't know why in the world I did as long of a note at the end as I did, because now i got to do it every night for the rest of my it's life. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, I can run to the bathroom yeah. in the back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, we did it. A little bit of love is all that is needed, but it's good as it is tough. I 
just wait in the truck. So you have competing truck songs at Country Radio right now. You're a duet with Hardy. <laughs> I know. Wait in the truck. How did that happen? I mean, did you think about that? Or when did it when did it all actually dawn on you? This is what happened. Okay. So Things a Man Ought to Know went number one. We had Heart Like a Truck ready to go. At that point in time, Cole came in and was like, I got this song, Never Say Never. And I was like, I got to do it. It's important. And especially at this, like, early stages in my career, like, I need Cole's fans to mm-hmm. see, you know, that he believes in me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I feel like he kind of wrapped his arm around me and was like, hey, I believe in this girl. You should, too. So I felt like that was the right move. And so then we went with Heart Like a Truck. You know, it's doing really well. And all of a sudden, Hardy comes around. He's like, I got this song. I think it's the best song I've ever written. And I'm like, whatever. Everything you write is incredible. Right. But I listened to it, and I was like, mm-hmm. I got to be a part of this. I know I got two truck songs out there, but there was something about it that just made me feel like, my gosh, this is a reason why I even fell in love with country music to begin with. Mm -hmm. That story. I was driving down the street last week listening to that song, and I was like, when Lainey is with us on the podcast, I have to ask her, is it just kind of overwhelming to know like that you are forever a part of this song? Because this one's going to be around. Um, I will say... You know, whenever I first heard the song, I'm like, oh, my gosh, the people are going to, like, either really love this or they're going to be like, because nothing like this has been on the radio in a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, But then I was like, you know what? I got to do it. I got to be a part of this. I feel like this is like a history moment. Mm -hmm. And I want to shed a little bit of light on a dark subject that a lot of people are scared to talk about. And it happens so often. I mean, in families that you would never in a million years expect. And so, yeah, I just, I couldn't say yes quick enough. So here we are, two truck songs. I'm like, <laughs> write and sing about what you know, I guess. I guess. <laughs> so you're performing the song on the CMA Awards. Is this your first CMA performance? So, yes, technically, because um, last year I got to get up there and present with Dina Carter, and we did a little chorus of Strawberry Wine. That's right. I do right. remember mm-hmm. that because everybody had chills because yep. the entire place started singing along. Yes. goes like this. Like strawberry wine. 17. The heart you love moon. I saw everything. That was but surreal. This is the first time you get to actually... I just got chill. I know. Mm-hmm. Me too. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Here we go. Okay, we're going back to the album. We both love me, you, and Jesus. I'm glad. That was like the one we were like, we both really, really love that song. It's a standout track to us. Tell us about how that song came to be. This record, like I said, is kind of pulling back the layers. It's talking about some of my heartbreaks. It's talking about some of those hard times, which I feel like I did a little bit in the first record, but this is a little more like detailed. And the only thing that has gotten me through those moments is my faith in my family and the people who love me. So me, you, and Jesus, the you could be anybody. It could be your best friend. It could be your husband. It could be your sibling, whatever it is. That's how I get through things. This year has been a, a really, like, great year for me, but also a weird year because my daddy was in the hospital for two months and then was in a rehab facility for three weeks. And while 
you know, all this stuff was going on. I'm playing shows. I'm filming Yellowstone. I'm like trying to just get the job done because I knew that's what he would want me to do. But at the end of the day, the only thing I had to lean on was me and whoever it was that I needed and Jesus. There are a couple songs on here that really relate to traveling for a living. Did you write either Roadrunner or Hillbilly Hippie while on the road? Both of them. Okay. Mm. Okay, so I was going down to Alabama to pick up my French bulldog, Hippie, oh. when I wrote Hillbilly Hippie. Just literally going down the road, Hillbilly Hippie. <laughs> <laughs> and then Roadrunner, um, I didn't have a whole lot of, like, I haven't had a whole lot of time to write in the past year and a half. So before we went in to cut this last batch of music, I had some songwriter friends of mine meet me out in Arizona for a writer's retreat. And we rode Roadrunner whenever we were on a trail ride. And I saw a Roadrunner bird. And I was like, you know, <laughs> light bulb went off. And uh, that's what that kind of sparked from. <laughs> well, we thank our dogs the end of the podcast. So tell us about Hippie. Oh, Hippie. My gosh, she is, she, she, she's my therapy. It's like songwriting and my dog. And she don't get to go on the road with me a whole lot. But when she does, it's just, just having that peace of home with you. So mm -hmm. she's got a personality. It's her world and I'm living in it. How old is she? She's two. <laughs> okay, the CMA Awards are next week. How are your nerves? Well, what nervous to I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just messing with you. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah. Thank you. No, I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. Like, but I get nervous before every show in general. I could really? be playing to five people. I could be playing to 5,000, 20,000. It don't matter. Maybe nervous isn't the word to use. Maybe it's like excited, anxious. It's, like, it's ex mm -hmm. yeah, okay. excited, but anxious. But because there's going to be awards given out, I'm going to be nervous too. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing a little prayer and whiskey can't fix. That's a song. Ooh. You better write it down. You better write it down. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing a little a prayer and whiskey, whiskey can't fix. Okay. You heard we it here a, first. We get a third. We were in the room. <laughs> Amazon original. <laughs> Exclusive. Oh, my gosh. So we need to talk about how you're touring with Luke Combs. Y'all are old friends. How long have you known each other? 2014, I believe. He used okay. to come over to my camper. Oh, you're kidding. Write songs. I'm just glad he remembers that. I let him drink my cold drinks and use my AC <laughs> and my camper. I love it. Yeah. How did you meet? Do you remember? Yeah, I remember. I remember vividly. We were at Tin Roof off of Dumumbrian, and he was playing a Tin Roof Revival show. I think this was like one of his first trips to Nashville. He wasn't even writing. He was just coming to play the show. And he was sitting up on the church pew. And I, at that time, I wasn't the type of person to really like go out of my way and be like, hey, I want to write with you. But I had that gut feeling that I was supposed to. And I remember walking up to him and like tapping him on the shoulder while he's on the pew. And I'm like, I want to write with you. And he was like, he said, okay, well, I'll make a, a trip back and we'll figure it out. So he came back a few weeks later and I was one of his first co-writes in town. I did not know that. Me what either. song was it? Have we heard it? We've written several songs together, but he ended up cutting one of mine called Sheriff You Want To. It's a song about a sheriff. That's and amazing. now you guys are hitting the road. Now we're hitting the road. That's going to be Full fun. circle. I'm just so proud of him. Yeah. He has, he's done a lot in really a short amount of time. He so really have you. Yeah. Truly. Truly. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> well, good luck next Wednesday night. We are rooting for you. I love y'all. We, we are such big you. fans. We love you. We love oh you. Oh my love gosh. You. Congrats, is, babe. Thank you. 
We are less than a week away from country music's biggest night, and we want to make sure you are ready. So here's some behind-the-scenes scoop we've gotten from the stars about Wednesday's CMA Awards. It's going to be a very special trip down the red carpet for Lainey Wilson, who will be escorted by her dad. There will be no dry eyes. Lainey's dad had some serious health problems last summer and was hospitalized for two months. It was really touch and go for a while, and even when he got out of the hospital, it was a long road to recovery. He's, he worked really hard in rehab so he could get to the point to where he could walk with me, and um, it's going to be a cool night. I mean, if we take home awards, hell yeah. But either way, it's an award having him there. But Lainey has six chances to bring home a crystal bullet trophy, and this year, she finds herself in the female vocalist category for the very first time. I mean, that was a part of what me and my family did. Like, we would be like, there's an award show coming on tonight. Like, you better cancel your plans. You got a basketball game? No, not tonight. <laughs> I remember watching Miranda win and being like, like, she says it like it is. She is herself. Maybe if I'm myself, maybe I could do it. And now she's competing against Miranda in that very category. Oh, I love how full circle this all is. Another friend of Lainey's in the category is Ashley McBride. And the first thing I did was text Lainey Wilson. Mm, what'd you say? At a girl. Hell yeah. Welcome to the category. I love you so much. <laughs> Things like that. I am making no predictions for this one. I mean, Carly Pierce is the reigning female vocalist of the year, but she knows each year it's a whole new ballgame. If I got into a world where me winning female vocalist of the year was the only way that I could define my success, that would probably be a bad rabbit hole to get into. Would I be lying if I said I didn't want to win it again? Of course. I think that over the last few years, I've had such huge jumps in my career that I think that moment in particular did make me believe that anything is possible. And so I think just as I go into this award season, but also just as I continue to think about what goals in the next one to five years do I want to see happen? I do believe because of that, I think I can do anything. So just to even see my name, I'll be honest, every year you hold your breath. There's so many great females, especially right now in our business. And just because I'm the female vocalist of the year right now doesn't mean that I was guaranteed a nomination. So just to get the nomination was really special. And I have to remind myself of that. Carly will perform her song, Dear Miss Loretta, as part of what's being called a star-studded tribute to Loretta Lynn that will open the show. Alan Jackson will also be celebrated Wednesday night. He'll receive the Willie Nelson Lifetime Achievement Award. Dirk Bentley, John Party, Carrie Underwood, and Lainey Wilson will all be performing in tribute to Alan, who will be there to accept the award. So Luke Combs is the reigning CMA Entertainer of the Year. Remember when he was on the podcast last season and he said he kept the trophy in his writing room? I do. And I also remember he had a very specific reason for putting it there. Here's the thing about it is, let's say we're in, let's say we're in a co-write. And we're in my writing room. And I have an idea that I'm super into. And you're like, I think that's wrong. I just go. <laughs> I say, when you point to yours, I'll cave. Which is why I don't write with Eric Church or anyone that has more entertaining than your trophies than me. Right? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You're wrangling a five-time nominee. Your boss, Shay McAnally, is going to be a part of the festivities. So what have preparations been like? <laughs> well, we got to get him to town first. <laughs> That's <laughs> step one. Yeah. He's been working on his musical up in Utah, so getting him back to Nashville. But, you know, family's coming in town and coming to the show. We got to get grooming, all of those things. Got to get him carpet ready. Right. Get him to the carpet, and he's good to go. Pass him down to me. Mm -hmm. I'll be on the carpet. Yes. I promise we'll have a good time, and then I will We'll send him to the next one. We'll get him in the rotation <laughs> and hand him on down. <laughs> Once he sees you, he'll be completely fine. Good. <laughs>
<laughs> the CMA Awards will be handed out on Wednesday night starting at 8 Eastern, 7 Central on ABC. are out of time and need to go figure out what we're wearing Wednesday night to the CMA Awards. Have you got a dress yet? Yes, but don't think I want to wear it. But I still have a couple days. How about you? Nope. I mean, I have a couple that I've narrowed it down to, but uh, I'm going to have to do some soul searching to figure out which (laughs) one is going to look the best. So next week, we will have two episodes of Country Heat Weekly for you. I have no idea how we're going to make that happen, but we're going to do it. We will be on Radio Row Monday and Tuesday talking to all of the stars ahead of country music's biggest night. We'll do our regular Thursday episode from there. And it's our one-year anniversary episode. Can you believe it? Country Heat Weekly launched the day before the CMA Awards last year. Russell Dickerson will be our center stage guest talking about his new self-titled album, and we will look back at some of our favorite moments from our first year. Plus, we're going to bring you some of our conversations from Radio Row. What we won't have for you, though, is CMA winners. The episode comes out at midnight Eastern, so honestly, we won't even be home from the show yet. (laughs) But it will give us something to listen to as we're in traffic getting out of the parking garage. So what we're going to do is record a special bonus episode of Country Heat Weekly that will come out on Friday. We'll discuss the fashion, the best performances, and bring you chats with the winners from the backstage press room at Bridgestone Arena. The best way to keep up with all of it is to follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. So you'll be right there in the conversation with us. And make sure that you're following us on Instagram for behind-the-scenes peeks of everything we got going on. I'm the Kelly Sutton. And I'm Hey, it's Amber A. Our burning question this week keeps with the award show theme. While Luke Combs will be defending his Entertainer of the Year trophy, we made the stars really dig deep and share who their personal entertainer of a lifetime is. Luke couldn't pick just one. Can I pick, like, three? Brooks and Dunn, Garth, Eric Church. Gabby Barrett and Dustin Lynch both chose non-country performers. Ooh, Entertainer of a Lifetime, Michael Jackson. Entertainer of a Lifetime, Gosh, I would say the best I've seen so far. I'm going to go see him tonight, Bruno Mars. Here are a couple of hot takes from Dirk Bentley and Russell Dickerson. Let's just go Reba. Let's go Reba. I love Reba. Garth Brooks is my number one stage hero, period. Now, if this were an actual vote, there would be a clear winner. It was unanimous amongst Ashley McBride, Mickey Guyton, Lainey Wilson, and Kimberly Schlattman. Dolly Parton, I mean, there's so many things that I've borrowed from her entertainment style. I would definitely say, you know, Dolly Parton. She's an evergreen. Dolly Parton. Dolly. Dolly wins again. Country Heat Weekly is a production of Amazon Music and Wondery. Executive producer is Melissa Locker for Nevermind Media. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Deathridge. Sound design by Debbie Daughtry. Production assistance from Rick Hamilton, Annie Reuter, Madeline O'Connell, Tim Einenkel, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. The team for Amazon Music and Wondery includes Nathan Brackett, Michelle Kammerer, Emily Feld, Callum Blues, Emily Belote, and Jenny Tay. The executive producers for Wondery are Dave Easton and Marshall Louie. Production support services from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Osmo, Abby, Scraps, Hippie, and all the other very good dogs out there. Find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music, the Wondery app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
so you'll get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. She's the reigning ACM New Artist of the Year, the most talented and most nominated artist at the upcoming CMA Awards. I shouldn't say talented. That would make everybody else feel crappy, right? Okay, let's do the again. <laughs> I just said it. It just came out because it's true. <laughs> you want to know how Kelly feels about you? I know. I love her. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense thing you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on stage tonight. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.